0: hi everyone i'm your host matt salem and you've tuned in to another episode of our best behavior brought to you by behaviorally we are the global digital first leader in defining and diagnosing human behavior to help you achieve the most valuable moment in marketing when a purchase transaction occurs we are behaviorally the transaction experts each month we share insights on trending topics within our industry and of interest to our consumers today we're joined by damien araus vice president and Stephen Hanovich, director here at Behaviorally, to discuss the chapter The Sustainability Conundrum in our complimentary ebook, The Power of Packaging to Drive Shopper Growth. This ebook combines over 50 years of best practice learnings into an inspirational and practical guide on creating effective packaging. This year, we launched a revised edition, which you could find on the web and on our website, that has a bonus chapter around packaging for e commerce. Damien, Steve, glad to have you here today. Why don't you say hi to everyone?
1: Yeah. Hey. Hi, everyone. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice to meet you. Uh...
0: No problem, no problem. So, Damien, why don't you tell the uh, audience just a bit about yourself and where you're seated today?
2: So, yeah, I'm in my um, office, home office, obviously, you can see, based in Paris, so leading the team for um, the French team, the behavioral team, uh, also for Southern Europe. Great. Thanks for joining us today. And Steve,
0: where are you, like three doors
2: down? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually just
1: uh, right next door to you. No, I, uh, I'm in the TNEC office today. I'm the Director of Market Development for our New York City team. I kind of shuttle back and forth between the uh, New York City hub and, and the uh, TNEC New Jersey office.
0: Thanks for the introductions, gentlemen. Today, we're here to talk about sustainability. And I know you both keep this close to your heart. I know you've put your minds to work in terms of writing a blog post on the behaviorally website around sustainability. And it's always an interesting piece of subject matter. I guess where I wanted to start today was just where are shoppers versus manufacturers in terms of how they view the importance of sustainability? And I guess moreover whose responsibility it is, because I can remember way back when, earlier in my career, one of the first conferences that I ever spoke at was around sustainability. And back then, we saw that sustainability was a bit more of a tiebreaker when it came to shoppers selecting packs and shoppers selecting the product, obviously, that's ultimately in the pack. And I'm wondering, is that still the case today?
2: I mean, clearly, there are so many factors, uh, influential factors uh, for when shoppers are making a decision and price actually with the inflation today is becoming so so important. But sustainability over the years, so I don't know when was your first conference, uh, Matt, but over the years, this factor clearly has become more and more important.
1: Yeah, sustainability is becoming that that term that we use all the time. It, it's table stakes. It's it's the bare minimum. It's not going to put your product over the edge because it's something that consumers are viewing that corporations have to be doing, and uh, it also marks a shift towards that kind of onus or responsibility being on the big the big manufacturers and CPG companies, and that makes sense because they have uh, so, so many more resources than any given individual and such a bigger footprint than any given individual. And the actions they take can really affect uh, change, both positive and negative.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I, I can see that manufacturers really do understand the importance of sustainability now more than ever. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to say that back when you know it was 15 years ago at this conference I was at, it wasn't important to manufacturers. It was, of course. But I think the emphasis on it has only gotten more so and more so over the years. Where I'm really wondering is the shoppers, though. I mean, are they at a point where now they'll pick a pack because it's sustainable? They'll pick a pack because it's telling you clearly that the product inside is sustainable at perhaps the um, at perhaps a time when they need other benefits? Will they forfeit something, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask in the name of sustainability or does it have to deliver on everything they need? And then sustainability is kind of that tiebreaker or that, Hey, if there's two products that are similar in comparison, sustainability is something that will push me over the edge or am I willing to sacrifice a
2: bit? (laughs) Steve, (laughs) do you want to share? Yeah.
1: I, I think for the vast majority of time, you know, we have heard some, some evidence that maybe the landscape is changing, maybe in some Asian countries, but for the most part, even though uh, for consumers it is important, they don't want to feel they don't want to feel like they're sacrificing because again, they are flipping that burden onto the manufacturer. Uh, they they like and want their products to be sustainable, but I don't think we're at that point where it will drive selection or deselection. Uh, it still has to be communicating value. Um, being seductive, offering benefits and consumers don't want to feel like they're losing out on anything and kind of paying a tax for sustainability.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I mean, in some ways, it's a bit of a shame that that hasn't changed, but I'm also realistic. And I know that except for a minority where perhaps they will forfeit something to some extent, people want products to work for them in every way possible, right? So thinking about the, the broader topic of sustainability, but then perhaps homing in on a specific category, I know that both of you have worked a lot with toy clients of ours. And, you know, certainly sustainability rings true in that sector, right? Because when you think about the packaging that toys come in, when you think about the toys themselves, you know, there's a lot of plastics that are used. I mean, I know, you know, with two younger children at home, eight-year-old and a five-year-old, I just went through Hanukkah, Christmas, and my daughter's birthday, and some of these packages were, A, impossible to open, (laughs) and B, had a lot of plastic in them. In fact, even to the extent that I said to myself, wow, do we really need to protect this doll and all of its little belongings that well? It kind of seemed like overkill to me. So what are you guys seeing in the toy category, and what are clients doing to help push sustainability to the forefront?
2: Yes, yeah, there is a lot of things that manufacturers uh, sometimes in conjunction with distributors uh, are doing in that respect. But to your point about the plastic, yeah, the, the, the thing within the toy industry that's pretty specific is that, yes, the buyer are the parents or grandparents, but the user is a kid. And at school, even in the curriculum or new curriculum, in some countries probably more than others, they are being made aware of what plastic does or can do uh, to to our planet. So you're selling toys in plastic with a packaging often in plastic. Uh, So there was definitely a need to change that. Uh, But but yeah, a lot of things can be done, has been done, have started being done again at different levels in different markets. But smaller packs, less plastic in packs when possible. So sometimes for fashion dolls or action figures, it's a bit tricky because of kids want to see the toy but whenever it's possible some of the even the key manufacturers are doing it uh, there are initiatives also i know in particular in france where it's been forbidden to have the film on some of the boxes uh, so you know for um, board games for instance so you you just buy uh, those games the way they are without the film protecting the packaging uh, in France also, and I think it's an interesting case, uh, maybe it, it exists also in some of the market, I'm talking about what I know, so since, uh, since last year, every toy manufacturers have to take into account all the spent in order to recycle or destroy that toy. It's not the same for all industries, but toys, because it's specific, once again, you're selling I mean, the users, the end users is a kid and the kids are the future. So you want to show a good um, example to those uh, future generations. Um, But yeah, and maybe just one last word on on, uh, what uh, initiatives are being done. So when I was working in this industry, there was a a couple of uh, manufacturers in particular that were really stopping using, oh, no, sorry, they were starting using um, Recycle, recycled plastics for all of the for certain lines of products. That's a bold move. It's often easier when it's a family-owned business, I should say, when uh, executive call can be made. Um, but um, these kind of initiatives is what uh, the industry needs more and more. Sorry, Steve. I've been i I've been dwelling a little bit. No, on No, no.
1: It gave me a chance to think, and uh, something that you said that struck me is so interesting. Uh, the the children being the end user of the product a lot of the time, and the children and the younger generations being, uh, you know, raised to be particularly sensitive to these sustainability issues. But one kind of little interesting dichotomy there is in the action figure space. I think. Uh, so a couple, we did a big initiative a couple of years ago. Uh, in removing plastic from window packaging of dolls, uh, plush toys, and action figures. And for the dolls and the plush toys, it could, you know, it basically wound up, it could be a closed pack. uh, You can remove the window. You can remove the plastic from the window. As long as we can see that product, um, that's fine. You know, the, the, the removal of the plastic wasn't a big issue. Where there's a little bit more of attention is in the action figure space, where we're we're starting to see a lot of the end users being more collectors and and, and um, you know older consumers, and a primary concern there is is my action figure. It's not something I'm going to take out and play with. It's something that I want to display. It's something that I'm collecting. It's something that I'm investing in, and um, how do you solve for okay, we want to. We wanna you know, be more sustainable and use less plastic, but we also wanna display the toy and we also wanna make sure that it's protected. So you can display it with an open window, but then if it's wide open, you don't have the guarantee that it's gonna be protected on the shelf or protected in shipping. And I don't know that that's something I've really seen solved for quite yet. I, I think I've seen some, some manufacturers move to smaller packages, which I think helps just by r- reducing the materials. But if we could get uh, to a place where we're using maybe a different material that no one's even thought of yet to produce that window, that's still using you know less plastic, using more sustainable materials, but can still meet the consumer needs. That that'll be a, a big win.
0: Mm. Yeah, that that's very interesting. It almost you know what came to mind for me, and I'm not saying this is feasible per se, but you know what if there were different lines that were put out where warranted and where manufacturers knew that the demand would be there for collectors editions that perhaps are packaged in a different way as well, right? Maybe something that is a bit more protective but also showcases the product as compared to, if you know your child's gonna open it and basically destroy it within 24 hours, you know you don't necessarily need that showcase packaging, right? Maybe it could just be the full cardboard box with visual depictions on the outside that illustrate what's on the inside, which right. arguably is gonna be a much more sustainable approach for manufacturers. You know, in, in thinking about the end user, and hearkening back to the beginning of the conversation today, manufacturers do have the onus on them in terms of ensuring that sustainability goals are achieved, right? A lot of our clients have broad overarching sustainability commitments that they've made as a business to the public, which is out in the public domain. You can go on websites and see many a claim and many a plan. But I feel like there's not as much talk around what can we do to better sway consumers, to better sway shoppers, to feel that sustainability is their responsibility too? And, you know, to that extent, I think everyone tries to do their best in terms of putting a Coca Cola can in the recycling bin, right? And things of that nature. But when it comes to kind of maybe less obvious ways that shoppers can help, are you seeing clients, whether it's the toy industry or elsewhere, trying to promote? Any types of recycling above and beyond, kind of like the usual. In other words, yeah. is there messaging on packs even that?
2: Yeah, let let me say a word. And actually, it's a it's a very recent example, um, something I observed. So let, I'm moving back to the to the FMCG world, so where products are being used. the Frequency shopping frequency is much uh, higher than for toys, for instance. Because we haven't talked about toys, you know the fact that it's durable. So there is also a sustainable message to. To extrapolate or to tell a story about the fact that it can be reutilized, reused. But let me go back to this initial example on FMCG, biscuits. Uh, what I've seen, those you know those logo, recycling logos you can see on the packs. Very famous uh, brand, um, which I'm not gonna name now. But there were like four little logos explaining you can recycle that, you cannot recycle that, you can recycle that. Talking about the film, talking about the sleeves, talking about the main pack. That was confusing. That was just those logos. So I mean it's not what it's not straightforward for a consumer to see that whereas there was and it was addressed to kids actually. That was biscuits um targeting kids. I saw it such as a missed opportunity to tell a proper story around we are we are doing so much to make sure that uh, we respect the planet and ex- and to explain it in simple words i think that's my key message here to to talk to humans not to talk to a like a consumer kind of robot talking using simple words to explain what needs to be done because we are all in it together ultimately the clock is ticking now it's for all of us so just make it simple uh, there is already so much to think about so yeah on the on the messaging Maybe one last word, I, I seriously believe that if your sustainable story is at the core of your brand key or brand vision, which is happening more and more huh, to, the, to the point about closing the gap you were talking about uh, earlier, Matt. then on packaging as well on the other marketing touch points, but on packaging specifically, if sustainability is at the heart of the strategy, then the message could be explained swiftly and it's definitely going to have a positive impact on purchase at shelf maybe but at least on visibility here uh, and and uh, the brand love uh, basically
0: mm. yeah no that 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 all makes sense in terms of you know, particularly what you touched upon—the messaging and speaking in layman's terms to the shopper, right—and telling a story in a way that's going to resonate quickly and easily for a shopper, rather than perhaps terms that maybe just kind of get uh,
2: you know pushed aside. Um,
0: I guess as as we as we kind of
2: come to the, and it's good to have it. By the way, sorry to interrupt. It's still it's good to have it. It's great initiative. It's just the execution. But actually, that's also where behaviorally can be helpful on explaining what the better ex- execution Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean we we preach all the
1: time in our behavioral science model one of the core tenets is it has to be easy. Uh, you know, it has to be easy to understand and from a from a sustainability perspective we have to make it easy for consumers to do. And uh, also just by I th- I think companies can can do a lot just by, you know, walking walking the walk all the time and you know, not just doing it when people are Perfect. looking. Um, obviously, the ultimate example is Patagonia, and and some of the amazing stuff that they've been doing recently. I don't think every everyone can or should do that, but uh, you know, just being able to make it, like you said, a core tenet of your branding, and investing in it, and talking about it all the time, and and acting on it, um, super important. And ways to be kind of a, a lead by example.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, once it's embedded into the brand DNA, it becomes a natural extension of the brand, right?
1: And that also aids in authenticity, right? So uh, I think that's another thing that maybe we haven't touched on is consumers want to know that brands are being authentic in their efforts. You know, uh, you don't want to feel like you're being greenwashed or, or being exposed to anything like that. So so that, so that weaving that into your brand does aid in the, you know, appearing authentic.
0: Yep. Yep. Fair. So speaking of making it easy, here's a softball for the two of you. Speaking about toys, Right. Favorite childhood toy. I want to hear each of your favorite childhood toys. I thought about mine for a moment before we recorded. It actually really came right to me, but it was Soundwave, the Transformer. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Soundwave, which Transformer that is, but that toy I was always carrying around the house with me from what I can remember because it turned into a cassette player and I always loved music too, and it was just like the best of both worlds. So that was mine, but I'm curious, what what was your favorite childhood toy?
2: Actually, I was told what was my childhood favorite toy—the uh, <laughs> phone from play school, uh, which is a brand from Mattel. But interestingly, you know, I was talking about durability earlier. Uh, so this toy has been relaunched last year. So a toy I was I've been using or playing with like uh, many many uh, almost decades ago is still being played with by kids today. So there is also a sustainability story here that, that seems in, interesting to to yeah. tell but yeah so that was mine i was told right i couldn't go anywhere without it <laughs> what about you steve oh man i i was
1: uh i was a spoiled kid so i had a lot of toys um loved nerf guns uh but gotta be gotta be the action figures i i, I still have them i still have so many of them and i i kind of just kick myself for not being able to kind of restrain and keep them in the packaging because they'd probably be worth a fortune now instead of just all kind of half broken in a, in a box in my in my storage and um, the todd mcFarland spawn stuff in particular uh, I remember really liking because of how detailed it was and how artistic it was in addition to being you know kind of just fun to, to look at and play with
0: All right. Well, sounds like you might've had a better toy collection than me. I seem to remember all of mine fitting in one specific cabinet down in the basement. It was pretty much there for the taking, but that was about it. Um, Kudos to you for still having your toys. It sounds like you might have a nice little stockpile in the attic or something. I don't know. Yeah. one
1: day I'll get around to kind of cataloging them and seeing if I could get something for them, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) For a half-broken... Yeah. Half Kung Fu grip G.I. Joe or something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> none of none of the
1: accessories, dirty. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the joints don't quite articulate like they used to, but I'll get something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hey, both of you, I really appreciate you coming on today and joining me to have a bit of a talk around sustainability, a little focus on the toy industry in particular. Certainly had some fun in the mix. To our audience, thanks for tuning in to Our Best Behavior, brought to you by Behaviorally. Again, I'd like to thank Damian and Steve for joining us today and we'll catch you next time.